0: Well thank you so much it is a, a joy to be back with you all again and an honor to be here thank you for allowing me to come back uh, one more time and it's uh, always great to come back here uh, and visit with folks that we've known uh, for a long time. I appreciate the compliment of a young man uh, but uh, I'm afraid I'm not a young man anymore. Uh, I was a young man the first time I came to this part of the country and um, The Lord sent me here uh, for a reason, and she's sitting right there on that third row, and uh, we uh, have, uh, well, next month we'll celebrate 49 years together, and uh, that all started in a place called Fort Hood in Belton, Texas, and so God has a way of working everything out and putting it together just the way that He wants it, and uh, uh, we're excited to be here this morning. Uh, I love coming to church, amen? Amen. I love serving the Lord, I love to worship with brothers and sisters in Christ, and uh, you know what, I learned a long time ago that uh, we have the same God on the East Coast as we do right here in Central America, and on the East Coast or West Coast as well. He's the same no matter where you go, and yes, we're struggling back there with some difficulties, thank you all for praying for us while we were sick, Uh, but uh, God brought us through that, had a reason for it, uh, and uh, we'll... He'll, he's already got that all figured out. Uh, but uh, these are two songs that uh, really uh, are my favorites, I guess. And uh, the first one, uh, Miss Kathy, uh, she played for me the last time I was here just off the cuff. I was so amazed. Uh, she, she covered up all my mistakes. So uh, this is a song that uh, has meant to me a lot down through the years. I hope it'll be a blessing to you. Once in the stillness of the late midnight hour, I felt the presence of the Lord's saving power. I fell on my knees and I cried to Him there, Oh, merciful Savior, hear a lost sinner's prayer. Well, every hour of every day. Well, every moment in every way. I'm leaning on Jesus, the rock of my soul. I'm singing his praises wherever I go. This is the part that I really like. I'll never forget that night on my knees. The joy of that hour has never left me. It's life's sweetest memory that time can't erase. I'm saved by His mercy Redeemed by His grace Well, every hour Of every day Well, every moment In every way I'm leaning on Jesus the rock of my soul. I'm singing his praises wherever I go. Oh, Well, amen. Thank you, Lord. And I'm so grateful this morning. Uh, I go back a long time with you all here, whether you've some of you remember or not, but when I first first started coming here, uh, Brother Edgar Fox was the pastor of this church. And uh, then Brother Wayne came along and, and others. Uh, but there was a man here in this church that has gone on to be with the Lord now. There's been several, I know. But there was a man that uh, every time we would come here, I would sit in his Sunday school class. Brother Bill Howard could ask some of the most provocative questions in Sunday school that I'd ever heard in my entire life. And it was always such a blessing to sit in his Sunday school class. And I think about all the people that have not only left your congregation, as was mentioned today, but all the ones that in our church have gone on to a better place. And that's what we're looking for. Amen? This world is not our home. We're just passing through. And sometimes we put down more roots than what we really need to because the last time I checked, I never have seen a hearse driving down the road with a U-Haul behind it. It, it just doesn't work that way. So what we do, we need to do it for the glory of God. And I'm glad there's still some places around that are, that are sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. And this song, the first time I ever heard it, It reminded me of all the folks that have have gone on. I hope it will be a blessing to you this morning. Somewhere beyond the grave, there's a land where Jesus went to. By his own hand, and for the saved by grace, there is. Back home again. Glad I get to come back here. For things will not ever be as good as I've got good news for you. When heaven comes into view, one glimpse and you'll know the best. To come. Some, call Some call it, it heaven. heaven. I call it home. Some call it dreams. Dreaming. Well, let. Somewhere beyond the sky Some call it heaven I call, I call it home, home. Some call it Somewhere beyond I I Amen. I'm glad I got that place to go to. This world is not my home, I'm just passing through. In your Bibles this morning, if you have it with you, if not, I want to just share a few thoughts with you. Uh, Back in the book of uh, Exodus chapter number 3, I love the Old Testament because it has so many practical everyday lessons that we can use right now. I know a lot of people say, well, Old Testament was for old times. I think Old Testament is for new times as well because it's got everything in there we need. I believe from this cover to this cover, I believe it's all necessary in the Christian's life. It's there to help us. And during uh, the time uh, that we uh, got sick, uh, there was another gentleman in our church that got really sick. He was in the hospital on a ventilator for uh, how many, 27 days or something, I can't remember now. It was a long time. Uh, But he's home, doing well, and uh, then we got sick and uh, they shut down everything. I guess, I don't know if you all have experienced too much of that here, I guess you have, but they, they closed down everything, and we were home. And, and uh, you know, those, those are some dark days that we're living in. I think everybody can agree with that, that these are dark days that we're living in. They're discouraging days. But I'm glad that the Word of God has some encouragement for us. And here in this, in this book, in the book of Exodus, you all know the story there of how that God was getting ready to bring His children uh, out of bondage. They had been there. They had been slaves for like 400 years, and, and everything was going wrong. But then God had a man for the very hour, and he, he prepared Moses. I love the story. If you go back and read the first couple of chapters, you're going to find out that Pharaoh said, okay, we're going to kill all those babies. Uh, but there was a mother, uh, and, and that's a whole other sermon, but there was a mother who, who saw something different about her child. And, you know, I'm glad we still got some mamas today that saw, see something different about their children. Amen. I'm glad that they want them to grow up to be somebody. That's what my mom and dad always told me. I want you to grow up and be somebody. Well, I didn't know what I was supposed to grow up and be, but God already did. Uh, And I'm glad we still got some parents today that are concerned about their children. And Moses' mother was concerned just that way. So she prepares a little boat. You remember how uh, he got too big to hide at home, and so she makes the little boat and puts him in there, puts him down in the water. And along comes Pharaoh's daughter. Some people say, well, that was just a, a by chance thing. No, That wasn't by chance. God does not do anything by chance. Y'all know that we're not here by chance today. God has a purpose for every one of us being here this morning, just as He did in giving Moses to the Pharaoh's daughter. And you know the story how she took him in? Uh, He began to cry, and I mean, who can resist a little baby that starts crying? She takes him, takes him as her own, and then, boy, he had a smart sister, didn't he? You guys. You guys got a smart sister, I can already tell that, you know that this morning. You got a smart sister, so you better be nice to her, okay? Because she might might have to help you with your homework or something, you know, and so you might want to kind of be nice to her. (laughs) You got two of them, but that one there is going to need some help, I think, anyway. (laughs) Uh, We had never got to see Ansley, and she's just that kind that you want to get and squeeze, you know. But she had not let us do that too much yet. But maybe before we leave, she will. But anyway, Pharaoh's daughter takes him in. His smart sister says, let me get somebody to take care of him for you. And so who does she go get? But his mother. And she gets to bring him up just like she would have. And then when he got older, he went to the Pharaoh's house, learned everything. And God was preparing him for something in his life. Now, I know there was difficult times then, just as there are right now. And God's preparing his children for something special. And I believe it's that place that I just sang about, that place called heaven. I believe he's getting this right. Because he said in the book of John, if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there ye may be also. I love that promise because we don't have to, to stay in this old world. The Bible says, if in this life only we have hope, we are of all men most miserable. I'm glad I got hope, aren't you? But anyway, Moses comes to that place in his life where things begin to change. They get difficult. He sees an Egyptian beating up on some of the Hebrews, and he takes matters into his own hand, and he slays the Egyptian, buries him in the sand, thinks nobody's going to know anything about it. The next day he goes out and he finds two of his Hebrew brothers. They're having a discussion, a little squabble. And one of them says to him, Oh, are you going to kill me just like you did the Egyptian yesterday? Well, he got scared. And that's where we come in chapter number three. In chapter number three, the Bible says Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father in law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock into the backside of the desert. The backside of the desert. Now, I don't know if you've ever been to those places or not, but uh, James Long, I'm, I'm sure many of you remember James and Claudine Long that lived out on Highway 6, had the, the, the ranch, Ever and when we'd come out, we'd go out and visit with them, and James would always take me with him to feed his cows, and we'd go out in what seemed to me like the middle of nowhere, I mean, we'd drive and drive and drive, and James was slapping through those mesquite trees with his truck. didn't Didn't matter to him. I mean, he was just full blast out through there, and he'd get out. and I'll never forget. He'd go ooh, and all of a sudden, those black cows would start coming out of those trees. Like you know, it was kind of scary because there was nothing there. And when I read that little verse, he went to the backside of the desert. That's exactly what it seemed like to me about four or five months ago that we had gone to the backside of the desert. Now, folks, I know there's a lot of controversy about this virus and all that sort of thing. It's real. It's real. Because Sarah was sick to the point that that I was fearful of what was going to happen because she had it down in her lungs. And we all know what happens when that takes place. And it seemed like I was on the very backside of the desert, not knowing what was going to happen. But I want you to notice some very important things. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to have my back to you. Um, Some very important things that I found in this little chapter right here. Notice, first of all, the responsibility of Moses. In verse number one, he kept the flock. He kept the flock. Now, I know you all have been without a pastor for a while, and, I, and listen, I applaud you for sticking together. I, it's, it's difficult. I understand that. But you men and, and ladies that are, that are stepping up and pulling everybody together, uh, we have a responsibility. I believe it is the goal of this world to tear down God's establishments. We're seeing that all across America today. If you keep up with the news, you're finding out that in California now, it's against the law to do what we just did here in this sanctuary. It's against the law to sing praises. And my goodness, we, we, we have a responsibility today to share the good news of Jesus Christ because if we don't, nobody else is. And so Moses has this responsibility. You'll notice this. He was keeping the flock. But then not only that. He had another responsibility. It says that uh, he kept a, the, the, the flock of the, Jethro, his father-in-law, and the priest of Median. He led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God. He came to the mountain of God. He was led by God to that special place. Church today, if you do nothing else during these difficult days, let God lead you in the direction that he wants you to go. We would choose our own direction. Sarah and I had all these plans about coming out here, what we were going to do, and and the travel and everything. But God changed all those plans. A couple of weeks before we got ready to leave, she got sick again. Had to go back to the doctor a couple of times. They tested her again for the COVID, and it came back negative. But it's the after effects that she's experiencing right now. And that changed everything. You see, we can make all the plans that we want to, but God can change those plans in a heartbeat. And I believe this morning God's got some plans for everyone sitting in this building today that he wants you to specifically do because you're the only one that can do those things. Everybody has different abilities. And if we all do our part, then God's going to get the honor and glory and praise. And I think that's what it's all about, don't you? So he was led by God's spirit. But then not only that, notice where he ended up in verse number one. It says, he came to the mountain of God. He came to the mountain of God. No better place to be in difficult times than in the presence of God. I don't know. I know you all have ex- uh, shared your prayer requests, and, and, and those are so important. Don't just let them be read in church. Take them home with you. And and listen, my memory is terrible. So you know what I do? A lot of people think you can only pray with your eyes closed. And God doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter to the Lord how you pray. If you've got to get that piece of paper out and call those names out, then that's an effective way to pray. Over anything, you can pray while you're driving down the road. Uh, whatever you're mowing your grass, doing whatever you're doing, you can pray and bring those people to God And that's the place of healing right there. Moses did not have any satisfaction till he came to the mountain of God. But notice something else about this very important. Not only was the responsibility of Moses, but there is the reality of the Lord. The reality of the Lord. And in these next few, look at verse 2. It says, And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. Y'all, you've read that story a lot, I'm sure. How the bush burned and it was not consumed, and and uh, Moses is standing there, and he says, i want to take a look at this." Well, probably everybody in their right mind was going to wonder why the bush was burning and it was not consumed. They were going to closer look, but you know what God said to him? He said, "Moses, wait a minute. Take your shoes off because you're standing on holy ground. This is a special place. God was was there to meet him just at the time that he needed him most. Remember, Moses." Had fled because he was afraid for his life. Sometimes we get that way in our lives, don't we? We, we seem like we have no place to go. And I know there's a lot of, and I was listening to the prayer requests and those that have lost loved ones, uh, and it's sad today that it seems like we don't have any place to go. I know in, in, at home when, when folks were dying, we couldn't even have funerals for those people, we couldn't, couldn't go to the hospital. And one of the gentlemen in my church, he had to have a very important surgery, and I, I took him to Baltimore. I dropped him off at the door, and he walked in by himself. It was one of the saddest times of my ministry not to be able to go in there and be with him and everything, but it was just like I was abandoning him. And I know it was some dark days for him because he couldn't have anybody there. His wife couldn't go. Nobody could be there at all for him. And it almost feels like, God, where are you? Why are you, why are you doing this to me? And I'm sure Moses probably asked the same question. Lord, why is this happening? Why am I back here on the backside of the desert? Nobody knows where I am. Nobody cares about me. But he came to a place of leadership from the Lord in verse number 2. He comes and God makes himself real. I don't know how long it's been since... How can I say this? I think everybody should have a private time with the Lord. Now, that's just my own personal opinion. But I think there should be a place where you can go and you won't be disturbed, you won't be interrupted with your prayer life and your devotional time. There was an older gentleman in our, in our church. He had a bus company, ran school buses and everything. And uh, Brother Howard had a, a special time every morning that he went into his, his office closed the door, and he had his devotional time, his prayer time and everything. And one morning, one of the drivers came running into the office and said, the bus is on fire, the bus is on fire, get Mr. Howard. And his wife said, no, he's in his private time, we will not bother him now. You see, even as important as it was that there was a bus on fire, it was more important for him to have that special time in the Word of God. You see, I think as I look at that verse of Scripture, and it says that flame of fire came out of that bush. I believe that should give us each one a great desire to let God burn within our hearts. The reality of the Lord. Is He real to you today? Is He to that place in your life where when you call on Him, that you get some answers? And sometimes it's not the answers that we want to hear, is it? I'm sure everybody sitting here, you've prayed for something. And it didn't turn out the way that you wanted it to. I know I have. But do I give up on God? No. Don't give up on Him. Because here's the thing. I only see today or what's right before me. But God sees the whole picture. And He knows what's best for each one. So He's real today. I hope He's real to you. He was real to Moses that day. He revealed Himself. But then notice something else in verses 4 through 6. And I'm not going to take the time to read those the reality of the Lord, and then the reaching out of God. He's reaching out to you and I today. I'll give you this example. Many years ago when I was just a, a young, young guy, uh, we'd gone to a friend of mine's house. They had a great big swimming pool. And it had one of those nice slides, you know, you could slide down in and just go scooting across the water. It was great. Everybody else was doing it. What they failed to tell me, though, was that that water was very deep. At the end of that sliding board. And so I went off that thing. And scooted out across there. And I started to put my feet down. And they wouldn't touch the bottom. I didn't know how to swim. And here I was floundering around out there. And and if it had not been for my my younger brother. He came out there and grabbed me. And pulled me into where I could stand up. He rescued me. He saved my life. And I'm glad today. That God is still reaching out. To anyone who will listen to him, who will take his hand. You see, we can't make it on our own. I don't know about you, but I can't make it on my own. I'm not sufficient in myself. I will fail. I'm far from perfect. Just ask Sarah. I have so many faults and failures that she gave up writing in her journal a long time ago about it because it was taking up all the pages. But we have faults and failures, don't we? But God is able to meet every need in your life If I didn't believe that, I'd never make that statement. The thing is, if we don't trust him, he's not going to prove himself to us. So the reaching of the Lord, he's still reaching today. He's still wanting to rescue us from all those difficulties in our life. And then something else, the last thing. Not only is he reaching, but I want to read these verses, verses 7 through 10. The rescue, the rescue. Verse 7. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt, and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. Put that down up here. He says, for I know their sorrows. He knows what you're going through. And listen, the devil is going to tell you what you're going through is not a big deal, that there's somebody else worse off than you are. But guess what? Whatever you're going through is what is important to God. He cares about you. He's concerned about that that most minute detail that you think, and other people may think, is not a big deal. But God cares about that very thing in your life. Don't ever believe that lie of the devil, that God doesn't care about that in your life. He cares about everything. And listen, when you bring those petitions to him, he's going to listen. So in verse number 7, he says, I've seen the affliction. I know what they're going. I know their sorrows. Verse number 8, notice this. The first line, he says, I am come down to deliver. Now, since God is no respecter of persons, and he's telling the, the Israelite children that back in the book of Exodus, don't you think he's still telling his children the same thing today, that I'm concerned about you? I want to do what nobody else can do. I am come to deliver. Whatever it is that you're going through today, why don't you let, just let God come and deliver you from that thing? Now, here's the thing. He may not deliver you the way that you think it should be done. He'll do it in his own time and his own ability. What's left up to us is just to accept that as what God has for our lives. And that sometimes is the most difficult part, is to accept that. So he comes, he delivers, and he, he says, I've seen, i am come. And then in verse number 10, one last thought. He says, come now, therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh. You know the rest of the story. He says, Moses, you go down there and you tell Pharaoh to let my people go. And Moses says, but wait a minute. What if he says, who are you to tell me what to do? What am I going to say to him? God said to Moses, You you tell them, I am that I am, hath sent you. The authority. He was the authority then, he's the authority now. I'm glad that he takes control of my life. I'm glad that I can be submissive to him. But now, I don't know how y'all were brought up, but in our house, my dad made the rules. And if you didn't like the rules, you could leave any time you wanted to. It was his house, his rules. If you stayed at his house and you were disobedient, you got corrected. I often tell people, my dad never spanked me or whipped me very much, but when he did, I remembered. My mother was the one. She was, she was a homemaker. She stayed home with us. I have three brothers, and she stayed home and took care of us. Uh, and I always tell people she never had to worry about having a gardener trim her forsythia bushes because they got trimmed every day because that's where her switches came from. And, and there was many days that I wore stripes. And I wasn't even in the military then. But I wore stripes because she knew how to do it. Am I mad at my parents for that? No. I'm glad they did. I'm glad they corrected me. And sometimes... As a child of God, we have to go through some correction in our lives. But here's what he says, I will send you. He was not going to let those people do without. God had a plan for them, and he's got a plan for all of his children still today. The only thing is, we just need to be obedient to him. That's all my parents ever wanted, was me to be obedient. And I believe that's what God wants from his children today as well simply wants us to be obedient. And church today, if every one of us were obedient as God wanted us to be, don't you think we'd live in a much better world? Don't you think things would be much better if we know what's right, we know where we're going to that place called heaven, then it should be our desire to take as many people as we possibly can with us. I'm glad, I'm glad that even on the backside of the desert, God can still meet with us. Let me pray with you for just a moment. Father, we thank you for this opportunity this morning to share your precious word. Father, I thank you for these sweet folks that have come out this morning. God, I pray that you have challenged their hearts and, Lord, that you've made a difference in their lives. Lord, we thank you for loving us today and for being so good to us. We don't deserve anything this morning. But, Lord, you sure have been good to us. We thank you for that. We thank you for uh, this place, this people, our family. Lord, the opportunity. Lord, just to love on you a little bit this morning. God, I ask now that you will bless the remaining moments together. And we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.